is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. You know, we had a little emergency here. Could you tell Mr. Producer? I scared him to death. He thought I had a heart attack. So Barney is, uh, well, he's not caged and he's fenced into a very large area on the on another floor of the bunker. And he keeps escaping. He's figured out how to escape, and he's not allowed to because he's got a bad back, and he runs up and down the steps and all the rest. So he escaped twice. So I was up there trying to figure out how to stop him. I think I have. I'll check again during the next break. All right. Thanks for bearing with me. Hey, life goes on. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. First of all, the President of the United States. I want to thank the President of the United States. He came out today against the, uh, <laughs> I can't fully explain it, but he came out today against the Obamacare compromise or bipartisan deal that the Senate had announced yesterday. This is one of the reasons I say, ladies and gentlemen, that it is important that we not join the pom-pom boys and girls or the Rockettes. And we support our President by supporting our principles. He's under plenty of pressure by the rhinos, by the progressive Democrats, by many of his advisors to capitulate, to buckle. It doesn't do us any good as a country. It doesn't do our families any good, and it doesn't do him any good to do that. And that's why yesterday we spent an hour, maybe more than an hour, all of us, uh, really asking the president why he would subsidize these insurance companies when, in fact, the reason they're hurting is because uh, they, in turn, are subsidizing a big portion of the population under Obamacare through this redistribution model. And this can never work. This can never work. And when you hear Bernie Sanders talking about a single-payer system and and many of his colleagues in the Senate, we're going to move on to other things, but I just want to uh, close the circle on this. It's very, very important. I'll give you an example. This is really propitious. Uh, on the 17th of October... Yesterday And on the 18th of October, there were two big stories about the National Health Service in Britain. The first is by the Telegraph. NHS, National Health Service, Britain's socialist health care, single-payer system, provokes fury with indefinite surgery ban for smokers and obese. The NHS will ban patients from surgery indefinitely unless they lose weight or quit smoking under controversial plans drawn up in Hertfordshire. The restrictions, thought to be the most extensive and extreme yet to be introduced by health services, immediately came under attack from the Royal College of Surgeons, and on and on and on. The point is this. What happens with a bureaucracy is the bureaucracy becomes important into and of itself. It's just like you hear, we have a compromise to save Obamacare. We don't want a compromise to save Obamacare. We want a compromise or a deal or whatever you want to call it. To improve our health care system, our, the quality of our health care, access to health care, drive down costs, more competition, more choice. And you can only achieve that in one way, through the private sector. That's the only way. 
We spend over a course of years trillions of dollars subsidizing the poor, subsidizing people who are, are handicapped, sub- subsidizing people who, who cannot pay for health care themselves and others who can but won't. We already spend trillions of dollars over the last many years. All we're saying is leave our health care alone. But they don't want to leave our health care alone. They want to nationalize it. And they make all these phony arguments about equality. It's not about equality. Equality what? In the lousiest system in the world that can be devised by bureaucrats in Washington, D.C.? That's not equality. That's disaster. That's poverty. And so in Britain, of course, if they can find ways to cut their costs and save their National Health Service, that's what they're going to do. And what that means is people who are unhealthy, as a matter of fact, even if their behavior causes them to be unhealthy, they're still unhealthy. They still need help, even though they, they, they conduct themselves in ways they may not or should not. The fact is, the way you save money in a massive, centralized, bureaucratic health care system is by cutting spending on those who receive health care. There's no other way to do it. And so you see these, these arguments and these debates over cutting off health care to people who are over 70 or 75, uh, not giving uh, uh, hip replacements or knee surgery or, uh, or the various heart devices that we've come up with now uh, or bypass surgery to people who are over 70 because, after all, they're not going to live that long anyway. And, of course, they're looking at it by, in some uh, spreadsheet, data spreadsheet. All of a sudden, we cease to be individual human beings. I can assure you that the stuff you hear from Bernie Sanders today and his ilk was said 50, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, when they started the British national health care system. I believe it was 1948. And same with all these other failing European systems. They're not humane. They're not compassionate. So that was a story yesterday in the Telegraph. And these stories are important. They're important to remind us about what's going on with, uh, with the nirvana that is health care, right? And then there was a piece today. In the Daily Mail, NHS, National Health Service, Britain, waiting times crisis as just one hospital in England hits cancer, A&E, and operations targets in the past year. Just one hospital in England has hit its targets for cancer, operations, and accident and emergency over the past year, it was claimed today. Growing demand is leaving the NHA struggling to serve patients with Luton and Dunstable NHA's trust in Bedfordshire, the only service to have achieved its goals. England, Wales, and Northern Ireland have not hit any of their three targets for 18 months, while Scotland has only had success with its A&E in the last year. England, Wales, and Northern Ireland have not hit any of their three targets for 18 months. Hospital staff told the BBC, which conducted the research, of their concerns over shortages of doctors and nurses, a lack of money, and insufficient rooms. Shortages of doctors and nurses. Not meeting their time deadlines, because you need, you know, rationing and waiting periods in order for this system to survive. This is exactly why the president should not have, and now will not, participate in subsidizing Obamacare, because you're going to subsidize failure. You're going to continue to, to, to hold up this failure as the left expands it and extends it 
and further refines it in terms of centralized, single-payer government health care. And so when we got calls last night, and I kept telling some of those who were claiming to be for Trump, but also claiming to be for this deal, well, we only have so many members in Congress, we only this, we only that. It has nothing to do with that. The president does not have to agree to, to these subsidies. Either bureaucratically, or should they pass a statute, he can veto it. And they will not be able to override it. This also has the benefit of putting our case on the table. What do we want? We want a system that has more free markets. We want a system that has more competition. We want a system that attracts more doctors and more nurses and more competition, leading to more choices, lowered policy costs, lowered deductibles. You're not going to get it through government. I don't believe it. Do you believe Barney escaped for a third time, Mr. Producer? It's time to take a break anyway. I'm going to have to figure this out because we don't want prisoners figuring out what Barney's figured out, now do we? So I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Paul Ryan had also announced earlier today, actually before the president, that he could not support this deal that the Senate came up with. Because it's a rotten, lousy deal. you got Lamar Alexander in there, negotiating for the Republicans. Absolutely rotten deal. All right, we've got a lot to get to. We have the Sessions testimony today. We have uh, the NFL today. But there's one thing that I want to address because the media are out of control and these politicians are out of control. The president makes a call. Look, look how we have to spend time on this. The president makes a call to the widow of one of those four brave men who died in Nigeria with the special forces. And allegedly the call is put on speaker for some reason. And sitting in the car happens to be Representative Frederica Wilson, Democrat of Florida, who, as Ben Shapiro points out, has been calling for Trump's impeachment. She happens to be in the car, maybe some others are too, as I understand, and claims to have heard the discussion. And she said the president was out of line. president was out of line. president says, uh, I didn't say the things... That this congressman says I said. I certainly didn't say them the way she says I did. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? I believe the president. Do you want to know why? Because say what you will, he loves this country, he loves the soldiers, he loves law enforcement, and he has shown no indication whatsoever, unlike other political hacks, to degrade members of the military, let alone... Uh, men who have died in combat in service to this country. This would be the first case. And this congresswoman just happens to be listening in on the speaker. For some reason, she's put on so she can hear in the speaker the calls made to a car, in the car. I find this uh, now, the congresswoman who has politicized this, 
politicizing the Gold Star family. I find this to be disgusting. I find her to be disgusting. Same with her stupid cowboy hat. Oh, what did he say? I said, same with her stupid cowboy hat. I want you to listen to this congresswoman, what she said. And you tell me if this sounds like Trump talking to a, 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 a woman who's pregnant, whose husband was killed by the enemy in Nigeria. You tell me if this actually sounds like something Trump would say or do. And if it is, it's the first time anybody's ever said that. And by the way, the media were mocking Trump the other day when he said he calls as often as he can. In almost every case, he considers it a duty to call the spouse or the family of a soldier, sailor, marine, whomever, who's killed in the line of duty. Here's Frederica Wilson, nut job, Florida. Cut 10, go. He was saying that uh, he was sorry that uh, she had his sympathy, but he was hoping that even though her husband gave his life of this country. Sarcasm, he said, sarcastically, he said. Uh, but you know, he must have known what he signed up for. But how could you say that to the grieving widow? I, 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 I couldn't believe. And he said it more than once. Yeah, you know what? I don't believe Trump said that that way at all. It's a matter of who do you believe. I don't believe her. She's a left-wing kook. She's already politicizing this. She's already made it public. She wants his impeachment. Cut 11. Go. Well, I I didn't hear the whole phone call, but I did hear him say, I'm I'm sure he knew what he was signing up for, and uh, but it still hurts. No, whoa, 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 whoa. If he isn't that quite different than her first comment, Mr. Producer where he says uh, that Trump was, she says, Trump was sarcastic. You must have known when he signed up for In the mind of a leftist who wants his impeachment, sounds like she's twisted it, because even here she's not consistent. I think it's fair to say your husband knew what he signed up for, but this really, you know, this has to hurt. I'm so terribly sorry for this. You know, very dangerous. Whatever he said. It doesn't sound sarcastic to me. Again, I'm not a special pleader. I'm just trying to work this stuff through. All we get are bits and pieces anymore. The media's fraud. Uh, This congresswoman is a left-wing hack. All of a sudden, she's made a national issue out of this. This poor Gold Star family is still grieving and suffering. And this has been politicized. Go ahead. I asked them to let me speak with him, and the master sergeant said, "No, you can't speak with him." But I said, "But I want to speak with him because now, I." Was wait a minute, living. the master sergeant was he in the car too? And the congresswoman says, "Let me speak to him." When the president's speaking to the widow, don't you find this a little odd? I really do. I mean, the the circumstances in my mind's eye, I I'm thinking about who's in this car. Why is the congresswoman in the car? Go ahead. That's it, thankfully. Well, there's a 
a woman by the name of Gina Green. And she responds to this. Her father was killed in action in Iraq when she was 10 years old. And she's disgusted by this whole thing. Remember, Trump didn't go to the media. Trump didn't start this. Trump is a counterpuncher. He's reacting to what this, this congresswoman had to say. But I want you to hear what Gina Green had to say uh, as a Gold Star family member who lost her father in Iraq in combat when she was 10 years old. We'll be right back. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Here's the president reacting to what this nutjob congresswoman had to say, and it's sad. It's sad. They will politicize everything. Cut 12, go. Didn't say what that congresswoman said. Didn't say it at all. She knows it. And she now is not saying it. I did not say what she said. And uh, I'd like her to make the statement again because I did not say what she said. I had a very nice conversation with the woman, with the wife who is sounded like a lovely woman. Did not say what the congresswoman said. And most people aren't too surprised to hear that. Unbelievable. This congressman, Frederica Wilson. So Gina Green wrote a piece in the Daily Caller. My dad was killed in action in Iraq. Here's why we shouldn't bicker over phone calls. There's a ton of controversy surrounding the recent allegations that the president called a war widow and blustered that her husband, quote, knew what he signed up for, unquote. Democratic Representative Frederica Wilson has inserted herself into the mudslinging, claiming she was present when the conversation took place. Trump reported that, uh, retorted that he has proof that this is fabricated. Meanwhile, new widow, Maisha Johnson, is vacuumed into a narrative she'd probably prefer not to be part of. And you can thank the congresswoman for this. Warping the tragedy of a fallen soldier into a PR stunt is lower than low. It's dismal. I can certify this firsthand. My father was a Marine Corps helicopter pilot and was killed by hostile fire in 2004. I was 10 years old. At the time, my father was one of the highest-ranking soldiers to die in Iraq. The press surrounded our house for days, hoping to get a glimpse of the newly bereaved family. Flowers, cards, casseroles poured in. We received exactly one letter written and signed by President Bush and the First Lady. We didn't get a phone call from the President, and we didn't expect to. It was not protocol for the Commander-in-Chief to personally phone a Gold Star family. I know dozens of families who've lost loved ones in the war since 2004. None of them have received phone calls from Bush or Obama. It wasn't protocol, and still isn't, to call families after the death of their soldier unless it is a very high-profile matter. And in that case, you'll probably meet the president in person at Dover to receive the remains together. And I can personally guarantee you that a phone call is the last thing on a family's mind after they learn their soldier won't be returning. Do you know what I was thinking about when I was 10 and just learned about the death of my father? My safety. My family's safety. How we were going to pay for college without him there. What was going to walk, what, uh, yeah, who was going to walk me down the aisle when I got married someday? I wasn't sitting by the phone waiting for the president to drop a line. The fact that Trump even, at, even attempting to call every new Gold Star family is itself honorable. 
It's one of the toughest things a president can do to turn the ultimate sacrifice into a war of words. Is nothing more than salt in the wound. Deceased soldiers deserve our utmost respect, and bickering over this kind of protocol rarely ends well. Congresswoman Frederica Wilson, cowboy hat and all, leftist kook. Her story doesn't sound right at all to me. Not in the least. Her first version differs from her second version. Tony, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go ahead. Hey, Mark, thank you very much for taking the call. Thank you for all you do. Uh, I want to continue on that. Uh, I, I'm personally outraged and incensed that somebody, uh, uh, I'm not surprised, but somebody's trying to politicize the death of a soldier. I have a nephew who is retired lieutenant colonel, did five tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, a tour in Djibouti, and a tour in Somalia. And had he... God, thank God, nothing happened to him, but had he been killed and a president called me up to tell me, well, he knew what he was getting into, I wouldn't... In a well, million... But he didn't just say that, even according to what this congresswoman said. I, I, I'm saying... Hold on, hold on, I know, I know, but you're not the only one listening. Let's go to cut 11 again, Mr. Producer, and hold on a second, Tony. Go ahead. Well, I, I didn't hear the whole phone call, but I did hear him say, I'm, I'm sure he knew what he was signing up for. And, uh, but it still hurts. No, stop. Why is that? Off I don't even know why that's offensive, Tony. Go ahead. Right. That's exactly what I'm about to say. If a president had said that to my family, I would take that as a compliment, not an insult, because he's not a regular soldier or, or Marine. He's a special forces Navy SEAL, which means that he took extra risks to his life and did missions that every mission was a high-risk mission. And so I would take that as a compliment that he meant, well, he knew what he, what he was putting himself into. And I know it doesn't hurt. Or feel All right, but here, I want you to listen. I want you to listen to the first version of what this congresswoman said. You do this with me, Tony, and country. And then I want you to listen to the second version of what she said, okay? Listen carefully. Cut 10, go. He was saying that... Go to cut 11. Go. Well, I, I didn't hear the whole phone call, but I did hear him say, I'm, I'm sure he knew what he was signing up for, and uh, but it still hurts. All right, stop. Again, ladies and gentlemen, what is happening here? Why is this a national story? The media running wild with this? And the answer is the media are a bunch of hateful jackals. That's why. They don't care about this soldier. Give this soldier two seconds thought. They don't give this soldier two seconds thought. Just like the almost 60 wonderful Americans who were slaughtered in Las Vegas, two seconds in, they're doing their gun control thing. Two seconds in, they're doing their gun control thing. This Frederica Wilson chose 
to politicize this. She chose to politicize it. Then she was going to interfere with the president speaking uh, to the widow of the deceased hero. And the president has strenuously said, this isn't what happened. What she says is not what happened. First of all, what she says has changed. The way she has said it has changed. The order in which she has said it has changed. And she sounds like an idiot to me. With all due respect, of course. Back to you, Tony. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Um, oh, excuse me. Uh, I, again, I, I think if they had shown one one-hundredth of the concern for our guys who died in Benghazi and were left there, as they are for this poor soldier, this hero, you know, then it wouldn't look so bad. But they're total hypocrites. All right, I think you're going a little bit uh, haywire here. The issue here is the president reached out, as past presidents, for the most part, have not made a cause. Not do a Benghazi. Calls, wants to talk to the widow. She's grieving. Even when you listen to the second recitation of this leftist congresswoman and what she said, if the president said what she says he said, and the president said it wasn't like that, I'm trying to determine what's so horrible about it. He says... He signed up for this, but I know it still hurts. That's my point. Thank you for your call, Tony. Daniel, Indianapolis, the great WFDM. How are you, sir? Mark, it's a pleasure to talk to you. You are an absolute patriot. We need more people like you. Thank you, sir. I retired out of the military in July with 22 years of active duty service. I have been a casualty assistance officer two times where I've had to knock on the door of a family to let them know that their soldiers died. That's the hardest job in the world you could possibly imagine. But these families know that that is what they signed up for. And the way President Trump said that with the follow-up comment is not an insult to a family, but it's an absolute badge of honor for these people to have. And... That man is an absolute hero, and for this woman to disgustingly put President Trump in a bad light over that insults the intelligence of every single American alive. And that's and, and the president is being trashed. He's being trashed on MSLSD by the morning schmo. He's being trashed everywhere you turn. Why does the president have to do this? Why does he have to? He didn't do anything. Except make a phone call, which is very, very rare, apparently, for a president to try and make calls to to all these these soldiers, these heroes who their families who die. And as and as that gold star uh, daughter wrote, she said it's not even in the protocol, and she never got a call. Her family never got a call from the president. And so here we have a congresswoman who's known to be a cook. Frederica Wilson runs around with that cowboy hat, that red or white cowboy hat. I don't know what's going on there. And uh, and trying to create a controversy out of this where really there is no controversy. But the media love it. The media love it. The media pretend to care about this young man who was killed in action. They pretend to care about him in order to to trash Trump and put him in the worst light. Now, I'm not going to spend all day on this, but I felt like somebody had to speak logically about this, rationally about it. 
All right, Daniel. Anything else? See, All right, buddy. Is, she's trying to be the next Maxine Waters. Uh, yeah, and well, that's the she's, she's we achieved it. All right, thank you, my friend. Dave, Houston, Texas, the great KTRH country. Go right ahead. Yes, point I wanted to make was that it's completely illogical for him to call and be mean because, you know, it, it just common sense says why would he waste the effort to call and make an ass of himself? It's I know, so it's, 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 it's so ridiculous, is it not? Yeah, it, it, it just makes no sense. I mean, there's no purpose to it. And and as I say, when you listen to what you listen to both clips I played, right? Yeah. You can see how her story is adjusted, right? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Because you and, know uh, the, the mother may come back and say something. Or if there was another soldier in the car, it's not clear to me who was in the car. Uh, he might say something. Right. So but the fact of the matter is, you've heard the president. Here she is on TV. Here she is, this time with a white cowboy hat. And, of course, she's on CNN. CNN. CNN loves this stuff. MSNBC, they love this stuff. Thank you for your call, my friend. You know, a few months ago I pointed out that the media, and, and, and it's been picked up today by others, I mean in recent times, the media are not about the media reporting the news anymore. The media are like political organizations. They have their base. That's their audience. That's why you see Jimmy Kimmel. He's blown off Republicans. What the hell? Stephen Colbert, a.k.a. Colbert. Same thing. You can go right down the list. CNN has decided it's really not in the news business. It's in the appeal to the left-wing kook base business. Same with MSLSD. Same thing. Matter of fact, their hosts are from the kook left-wing base. That's their decision. So uh, she got a call from President Trump. She got a letter from President Trump. I, I, don't, I don't really know what else the president can do. Now the media are running around like the Associated Press trying to get to other widows and widowers to get answers from them. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, the president called you? Did he get to you? No, and it's been months. Well, most presidents don't call Anybody, except in very rare or exceptional cases. And this president is trying to call as many people as he can. And he should, in my view, because they deserve it. And this congresswoman is a disgrace. And she's all over the media, and she's loving every bit of it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. There's some big elections in some states, including Virginia. And uh, I mentioned the other day that uh, apparently the Gillespie campaign is not interested in having Ed Gillespie on the show. Turns out that's not true. They apologized for uh, for being tardy, that they've had a ton to do, and they're trying to work out a date. But related to that, you know, during the break, I have uh, the TV on. I have it on mute and there are commercials running in Virginia. And just to show you how the left does it, this guy running, I think his name is John Bell. He's a delegate. And he says, John Bell wants to make it harder or to make it impossible to get bazookas and machine guns. Now, does John Bell think 
all of his constituents are morons? He clearly does. Whoever this guy is, I know nothing about him, this guy. You can't get bazookas and machine guns. If you want a machine gun, an automatic weapon, you have to go through the feds. And under no conditions can you get a bazooka. So this guy throws this stuff out there. As a result of what took place in Las Vegas, he thinks his constituency is stupid enough to buy this. Oh, yeah, I don't want my neighbor having a bazooka. What are you bazooka for? And a machine gun? This little twerp, this state delegate in Virginia, has no say over machine guns as a, at a federal level. And then I watched these other commercials by this idiot Lieutenant Governor Norton, who's done nothing for the Commonwealth of Virginia. Nothing. Nobody even knows what he is except for these propaganda commercials where the hard left outside the state is pouring tens of millions or multi-millions of dollars into his campaign. Guy's been in government 10 years. I never heard of him before. And they're running commercials about him versus Gillespie. If Gillespie wins, he'll outlaw abortion. No governor has the power to outlaw abortion. I guess they haven't heard of Roe v. Wade in subsequent decisions. A governor doesn't have the power to outlaw abortion. And they bring these women on, clearly left-wing Democrats or or ideologues. They come on and say, I'm voting against uh, Ed Gillespie because abortion needs to be safe and least. Things of that sort. Gillespie is right of center. He's no real strong conservative. He doesn't even talk about abortion, as far as I know. But they play these things all the time. They'll never run on their record, and they'll never run on their true ideology. They'll never run on their true ideology. The lieutenant governor who's running for governor ought to say, not only do I believe in abortion on demand, I believe that you all should pay for it. Why doesn't he just say that? I believe that taxpayers of Virginia should pay for it. Because they're liars, that's why. Let's talk about education for a minute. Did you know that more than 15 states have begun requiring high school students to pass a basic citizenship test in order to graduate? It's sad that such a test is even necessary. And it shows me that to the extent American civics education even exists anymore, something has gone very wrong with it. That's why besides their free online courses and in Primus, Hillsdale Colleges make an impact in K-12 education. Now here's how. Hillsdale helps found and provides ongoing supporting guidance to classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Thousands of elementary and high school students are enrolled already. And Hillsdale does it all without taking a single penny of taxpayer funding or money from the schools themselves. It's called the Barney Charter School Initiative. And it's revolutionizing K-12 education. And you can learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Watch the brief, powerful video about this exciting work and witness the difference Hillsdale is making on thousands of lives across the country. That's levinforhillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. But there's still morons. You know, there's smart people in Virginia like any other state. Then there's the morons. Wow! My delegate's going to make it impossible for my neighbor to have a bazooka. I'm going to vote for him. Any fraud that speaks like that thinks you're a clown. You should vote against him or her on that basis alone. And no governor has the power right now under the Supreme Court ruling to outlaw abortion. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. 
in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. There is a massive scandal going on surrounding the Obama administration and Russia. The unmasking of American citizens, the misleading of a FISA court judge who was furious, you'll recall, when she wrote an admonition to the FBI and the Department of Justice. Mr. Comey covering up, maybe obstructing for Hillary Clinton. We now have documents, in my view, that certainly indicate that. A massive scandal with respect to uranium, payoffs, bribes by a uranium company that is state-run and thereby Putin-controlled in Russia that bought a Canadian company and in part used the Canadian company to buy, in essence, an American company in Wyoming. Long story short, to get 20% of American of America's uranium to control the access to it and to control the sale of it. And there was an investigation at the time going on prior to the approval of this deal by Holder, by Hillary Clinton, by this committee, in essence, where any of them could have stopped it, and they didn't. They, they approved, effectively, Russian control over this. While the FBI was investigating it, first under Mueller and then later under Comey. Mueller, the special counsel, you know if you've listened to this program that I have nothing but condemnation for this man. And same with Comey. And same with Comey. The then chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, Mike Rogers, was never informed of what the Russians had been doing with respect to the lead-up to the acquisition of 20% of American uranium. Never informed of the investigations that were taking place, both criminal and counterintelligence. The assistant FBI director at the time, in charge of counterintelligence investigations, he was never informed about it. He was completely flabbergasted. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the Russians made sure that Hillary Clinton's husband, B.J., Bill Jefferson Clinton, received an enormous amount of money for speeches he gave, thereby assisting the Clinton Foundation and Library and assisting the Clintons directly. This is the long and short of it. This is the long and short of it. It involves Mueller, it involves Comey, it involves the Clintons. And one other man, the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, Rosenstein, or Rothstein, whatever the hell his name is. He was involved in and was aware of the investigation as well. Pretty cozy, him, Mueller, Comey, don't you think? Yes, I do. It's not a conspiracy. I'm basing it on published reports now in the Hill newspaper, which is a left-of-center newspaper for the most part. And John Solomon, among others, his reporting. 
And then we later learn that one of the whistleblowers who kept his cover but wanted to go to Congress, wanted to go public, represented by excellent lawyer, Victoria Tonsing, an old friend of mine, uh, who was married to Joe DeGenevo. I should say he's married to her. Uh, she's indicated today that her client had the screws put to him by the FBI, among others, that he better not go public, that he better not bring a lawsuit, that he better not go to Congress or whatever he was going to do, or they'll punish him. All this occurred during the Obama administration. Hillary Clinton, Eric Holder, Mueller, Comey, the Deputy Attorney General today. This is a another massive scandal. Put that on top of the domestic espionage activities that were taking place, which were numerous. And now we're supposed to believe that the former ambassador of the UN, Samantha Power, a leftist, a radical leftist, now we're supposed to believe, according to Trey Gowdy, that all the unmasking she did wasn't all the unmasking she did. She did some unmasking, but she says the NSA attributed her to some of the other unmasking, but it wasn't her. So there was unmasking done in her name by somebody else? This gets steeper and steeper, and you know what? Somebody going to get to the bottom of that? We also know that Comey, that Comey, weeks and weeks before his infamous press conference in July, had already determined in his own mind that Hillary Clinton was not going to be charged. He hadn't interviewed over 20 witnesses, including Hillary Clinton at that point, which explains everything. It explains everything, why Hillary Clinton's interview was a three-hour informal interview, no taping, no note-taking, no video, nothing. And virtually, immediately after her interview, he felt she was clean and he would, and he would go public. And we were told that there were no notes, no FBI information, none. With respect to the tarmac incident, I hope you're keeping track of all this. I'm doing it right off the top of my head. The tarmac incident where Bill Clinton and the then Attorney General Loretta Lynch met on his private jet for about 30 minutes. We're told to talk about golf and their grandkids. Oh, such BS. Everybody knew it. But we were told when Comey was FBI director, there's no documents. Well, there are documents. There are documents, heavily redacted, but there are documents. And there's more. There's more. Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller. I want you to listen to this. Remember this Fusion GPS Partners Group, this seedy organization that had hired this, this former Brit spy and that they used information in their dossier, which was fed to them by the Kremlin, by Russian spies and apparatchiks, to trash Donald Trump? I mean, the, the irony here is the collusion was between, in some instances anyway, the Russians and the Democrats, the Russians and their little operatives. 
I mean, the Russians got the deal of the century when it came to uh, uranium. Trump was nowhere near it. All Democrats, Obama, Mueller, Comey, uh, this guy Rothstein, and of course Hillary. No Republicans, no Trump, no Trump operatives, none, zero. And the Russians get 20% of our uranium. Fusion GPS, two of the co- this is important. Two of the co-founders of Fusion GPS, the opposition research firm behind the infamous Trump dossier, invoked their Fifth Amendment rights during a meeting with the House Intelligence Committee on Wednesday, today. A person familiar with the matter told the Daily Caller, Peter Frisch and Thomas Catan, the two Fusion GPS partners, pled the fifth to every question asked of them, the source said. The House panel earlier this month subpoenaed Frisch, Catan, and their fellow partner, Glenn Simpson, by the way, former liberal reporter, to discuss their involvement in the dossier, which was compiled last year by former British spy Christopher Steele. In a letter to California Representative Devin Nunes, who I really, really like, earlier this week, Fusion's attorney suggested that the three partners, all former Wall Street Journal reporters, would refuse to cooperate with the committee citing First Amendment protections and confidentiality agreements. First Amendment protections? How so? They're not in the press any longer. This is defamation. This is uh, planning false information. What, where's the, I'm sorry, what's the First Amendment issue here? And confidentiality agreements, of course. Who funded this organization? Who directed this organization to do what it did, ladies and gentlemen? And why was the FBI so smitten by this organization that under Comey they actually thought about hiring the people involved in in this dossier, this Moscow Fed dossier? They actually thought about hiring Fusion GPS. Comey, the genius. Now, uh, Fusion was working for an ally of Hillary Clinton's last June when the firm hired Steele to investigate Donald Trump's personal and business activities in Russia. The result is a 35-page document full of salacious and uncorroborated allegations about Trump and his campaign associates. The dossier has been cited by the FBI as part of its investigation into possible collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian operatives. Congressional Republicans have questioned the FBI's decision to rely on the dossier, given that its most sensational allegations have not been proved. They are also interested in who hired Fusion. Why is this so hard to find out? Because the FBI is in cover-up mode. Again, not the agents, the senior management. The FBI is in full cover-up mode. And it is my contention that the FBI has been leaking against Trump since the campaign. Why, Mark? Because Comey was the director. Comey was the director. And all this talk about how Comey killed the Clinton campaign and you hear the idiot, and she is an idiot, she needs help. Hillary Clinton commenting on this. As I said at the time, Comey saved Hillary Clinton. He saved her campaign. She was never charged with her multiple serial violations of the Espionage Act. And now again, to circle back, we know that he made decisions weeks and weeks and weeks before that press conference that he was never going to touch her. 
before the investigation was even completed. Really, even started in a sense. But let's continue. Let's stay focused. This uh, dossier, Fusion GPS, a 35-page document. In August, Simpson, one of the three from the Wall Street Journal that founded this operation, the point man on the dossier project, met with the Senate Judiciary Committee for 10 hours. The meeting was held after Simpson and Fusion threatened to plead the fifth in response to a subpoena, a subpoena threat from the Judiciary Panel. Josh Levy, an attorney for Fusion, blasted the Intelligence Committee at noon as following Wednesday's session today. No American should have to experience today's indignity. Oh, we have a slip-and-fall lawyer. No American should be required to appear before Congress simply to invoke his constitutional rights. Well, maybe he shouldn't invoke his constitutional rights. Why, is he concerned about being charged? Some crime? Seriously. But what? But, but that is what Chairman Nunes did today with our clients at Fusion GPS, breaking with the practice of his committee and his investigation. So now Nunes, you see, has to be attacked. Nunes is the problem, right? All those geniuses on the Senate Intelligence Committee trying to distance themselves from Nunes when Nunes has done more to try and get to the bottom of all this than all those knuckleheads in the Senate combined. This lawyer, the slip-and-fall guy, called the committee's disparate treatment of the fusion partners an abuse of power and unethical. This jerk, this hired slip-and-fall lawyer trash-mouthing those who are trying to get to the bottom of the sleazy activities of Fusion GPS, their Russian connections, real Russian connections, and their effort to influence the investigation and even launch a criminal investigation against the now President of the United States. That's what took place here. And they pled the fifth. Well, if they have something to hide, then their lawyer's right. They should plead the fifth, right? I'll be right back. Lovin. You know, uh, this is going to infuriate you. Some recent news here. Remember Lamar Alexander, the uh, useless senator from Tennessee? And there's a whole bunch of them, you know, McConnellites. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, he's pointed out today, and they've been leaking to Politico all over the place, which is what the rhinos do in Congress, that uh, even though Trump has said he will not support this, this bailout bill, which will cost you an enormous sum of money, ladies and gentlemen, uh, with the insurance companies bailing out, certain individuals in this society and we bailing out the insurance companies and nobody bailing us out with our premiums through the roof and our deductibles through the roof. Lamar Alexander said there's plenty in his party and plenty in the Democrat party uh, to bring this up for a vote. And in any event, what they might do is slip it into a bill, you know, a bigger budget bill or maybe a tax cut bill or some kind of bill in the future, you see, uh, in order to make sure it passes. They come up with trickery. They come up with every legislative, you know, angle they can. They come up with every argument they can, not to repeal Obamacare, not to unleash the private sector with more insurance companies, more policies, more choices, more competition, lower costs. No, they will fight to the end. These Republicans 
for big government and for Obamacare. Now, I would ask the people of Tennessee, did Lamar Alexander run for re-election arguing that he would spend an enormous amount of his time making sure that Obamacare survives? Or did he run on repealing and replacing Obamacare? And Lamar Alexander spent a lot of time before his election effort working with Tea Party groups, trying to convince them how solid he was, trying to force opposition out. They work really, really hard to be liberal and to be progressives. So we now have multiple Republican senators in significant leadership positions figuring out ways, multiple ways to save Obamacare which means to destroy what's left of our health care system. Led by Lamar Alexander. Now, Lamar Alexander is a front for Mitch McConnell. You need to understand this. <coughs> McConnell puts these, pushes these people out front. And that's what's going on. Unbelievable. How much time do I have here, Mr. Uh, producer? Well, I don't have time to jump in the Jeff Sessions hearing yet. But we do have time for Donald Trump at the Heritage Foundation. Cut to, Mr. Producer, go. Everyone here tonight understands a core truth, that for America to have confidence in our future, we must have pride in our history. As Americans, we have inherited a special legacy of freedom, culture, laws, traditions, and values. Your organization is named the Heritage Foundation. Because you understand that our glorious heritage is the foundation of everything we hope to achieve. You understand that human progress must be built upon a firm foundation of timeless truths. Let's These stop truths. right here. Even, we, can, we, can we agree that sometimes we strongly disagree with the president, but that he has turned out to be far more conservative on many matters, including his commentaries like this, than many of us ever anticipated. Can we agree on that? I think we can. Even though we can be disappointed at times, I think we can also be very, very pleased. I'll be right back. This is Radio Free America. On the Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. Well, folks, in light of current events, the need to protect yourself and your family legally and responsibly is more important than ever, which is why the USCCA wants to be your guide on a simple and rewarding journey to complete concealed carry and home defense confidence. And you're not alone. They want to give you a 100% free copy of the complete Concealed Carry and Family Defense Guide. And honestly, it's more of a book bringing you 164 pages of everything you need to know about protecting yourself and your family in an ever-changing and dangerous world. You'll quickly discover how to detect attackers before they see you, the safest and most dangerous places to sit in a restaurant, how to responsibly own and store a gun, what to do and how to survive a mass shooting, and a whole lot more. It even comes with a bonus audio version for your car. Now, this life-changing guide is 100% free, but only for a limited time. Visit DefendThem.com right now for your free copy. Once again, that's DefendThem.com. DefendThem.com. 
Com. Okay, I want to hear a little bit. Uh, let me pull that here. Okay. I want you to hear again, we'll start it at the top, Trump at the Heritage Foundation last night about freedom. Let's go. Cut to go. Everyone here tonight understands a core truth, that for America to have confidence in our future, we must have pride in our history. As Americans, we have inherited a special legacy of freedom, culture, laws, traditions, and values. Your organization is named the Heritage Foundation because you understand that our glorious heritage is the foundation of everything we hope to achieve. You understand that human progress must be built upon a firm foundation of timeless truths. These truths are immortalized in our founding documents. And the most important truth our founders understood was this. Freedom is not a gift from government. Freedom is a gift from God. Now, now let me ask you something. That deserves a wide applause. Seriously. That's a really, really important statement. Go ahead. And that is why we're here tonight, to rededicate ourselves to the defense of our God-given rights. We're here to ensure that we defend this legacy from any threat, foreign or domestic, that would seek to weaken our values, diminish our freedoms, or dissolve the bonds that hold us so strongly and firmly together. One more clip. One more clip from the president at the Heritage Foundation last night. Cut three, go. As our nation has responded in recent weeks to a series of heartbreaking tragedies, from the catastrophic storms to the devastating wildfires to the horrific mass shooting in Las Vegas, we are reminded that no destructive force on earth is stronger than the courage, character, and love of the American people. This is a time of great challenge for the world, but also a time of great opportunity. We can unleash the creative power of our citizens, unlock new frontiers in science and medicine, and usher in prosperity for communities all across our land. But to achieve these great things, we must hold fast to the values that define who we are as a people and as a nation. Everyone here tonight is united by these same enduring beliefs. We believe that the Constitution is the greatest political document in human history and that judges should interpret the Constitution as written. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Of course, the the Democrat media, the progressive media, they don't really want you to hear that. They, they, they'll run to a left-wing kook congresswoman from South Florida who was sitting in a car and claims that what the president said to the widow of a fallen hero was sarcastic, was nasty, and that's what they've been doing all day long. So we do things differently here. We do things differently here. We're going to get to the NFL in the third hour. And I want to get to the hearing today for uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. It was, in many respects, a freak show, because Al Franken was there, 
and uh, as were other liberal Democrats. Republicans did a decent job. But I want you to listen to this. Jeff Sessions at the hearing today. I hadn't heard this live. I mean, I'm working, you're working, most of us are working. Uh, so I thought it would be productive for you to hear it. Cut four, go. First it was, I did not have communications with Russians, which was not true. Then it was, I never met with any Russians to discuss any political campaign, which may or may not be true. Now it's, I did not discuss interference in the campaign, which further narrows your initial blanket denial about meeting with the Russians. Since you have qualified your denial to say... Now, I just have to stop. The, the hilarity of a left-wing kook Democrat, just this as a general matter, worried about meeting and talking to Russians. I mean, it's just so over-the-top preposterous. They used to love the Russians when they were called the Soviets. When they were a force, a powerful force, all over the world threatening the United States. The, the, the Democrat Party was the appeasement party. Now they're very concerned about the Russians. They're not concerned about the Russians when it comes to our uranium. Heavens no. They're not concerned about the Russians when Hillary Clinton had an unsecured private server with classified information coming to and fro through her server. No, no, no. Don't worry about the Russians. What are you... What are you, uh, Joe McCarthy? You're Joe, what are you, Joe McCarthy? What are you, uh, a red in every bed? What, what, what's going on here? Now all of a sudden, we're for, uh, yeah. go ahead. I quote, discuss issues or, uh, of the campaign with Russians. What, in your view, constitutes issues of the campaign? Well, let me just say this without hesitation, that I conducted no improper cam uh, discussions with Russians at any time regarding a campaign or any other uh, item facing this country. Okay. How uh, and I want to say that first. And that's been the suggestion that you've raised and others. It was somehow we had conversations that were improper. May I suggest that, that, uh, that? No, no, no. You had a long time, Senator Franken. I'd like to respond. Okay. I think I have a. Uh, well, note, note that Senator Cruz went two minutes over, so I don't want. I, well, they're going to cut me off, and so I want to ask you some questions. I w no, I don't, Mr. Chairman, I don't have to sit in here and listen uh, to his. Uh, You're the one who charges without having a chance to respond. Give me a break. Yep. Well, Frank, it's obnoxious. And it could be due to his past, those many years of uh, sniffing coke. I... Go ahead and Google it. Go ahead and Google it. Jeff Sessions at the hearing today. Question by Joe Kennedy. Uh, Joe Kennedy is a senator from, I believe, Louisiana. Cut five, go. Did you conspire with Russia or an agent of the Russian government to influence the outcome of the 2016 presidential election? No. Do you uh, want the special counsel who is investigating those matters to succeed? I want him to complete his investigation professionally, yes. If he asked you for your cooperation, would you give it? Yes. If he asked to meet with you to discuss what, if anything, you know about all that, would you agree to meet with him? Absolutely. Hmm. Well, that seems pretty emphatic. 
does it not? Now, what about Comey, Mr. Attorney General? Comey and his investigation of Hillary Clinton. Cut six, go. I don't think it's been fully understood the significance of the error that Mr. Comey made on the Clinton matter. Uh, for the first time I'm aware of in all of my experience, and I don't think I've heard of a situation in which a major case in which the Department of Justice prosecutors were involved uh, in, in, the, in the investigation, that the investigative agency announces the closure of the investigation. And then a few weeks before this happened, he was testifying um, before the Congress, Mr. Comey was, and he said he thought he did the right thing and would do it again. So the Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein, who's got, what, uh, 27 years in the Department of Justice, Harvard graduate, uh, served for eight years as U.S. Attorney under, under President Obama, uh, and four years under President Bush. Uh, he said that was a usurpation of the uh, position of the uh, Department of Justice, the, the Attorney General's uh, position, and that uh, particularly we were concerned that he reaffirmed that he would do it again. So I think that was a basis that uh, called for a fresh start at the FBI. All right, let, let's, let's be absolutely clear here. The Democrats didn't want Comey. They didn't like Comey. They detested Comey. They denounced Comey because they felt that he cost Hillary Clinton the election or they wanted to use him as one of their 412 scapegoats. And the minute Donald Trump fired Comey and should have fired Comey, they saw a, a, a massive opportunity to pivot, which is exactly what they did. Suddenly they come to Comey's defense. Suddenly Comey can do no wrong. Suddenly Comey is an angel because they want to use the firing to pretend that there was some kind of cover-up, the push for a special counsel with respect to the Russian collusion, which apparently only exists on the Democrat side. So this was a fake fraud right from the day, right right from day one. Right from day one. Now, I can't play all this, but I want, want the back and forth between little Dick Durbin, a senator from Illinois, and the attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Listen to this back and forth. Cut eight, go. The money we are going to get, we hope to get, from the federal government for burn grants, we're putting into something, a program called ShotSpotter. You probably know what that is. But it's a monitoring device in our city, block by block, that can tell instantaneously when a gun has been shot. And so our police can respond instantaneously to try to get the shooters and to save the life of the victim. You want to cut back these funds because you want the Now let's just stop there. The hilarity there is, of course, is Dick Turbin doesn't support the cops. And the Democrat Party has made it part of its, I think, official mission to destroy local law enforcement. Do you know any Democrat, elected Democrat, in Washington, D.C., who's come out against the football players taking a knee against the cops? Do you know one? I don't know one. In the case of Dick Durbin, if he took a knee, nobody would know. Because he's about three feet, two inches tall. Go ahead. Play the role of immigration police on federal civil laws. Mr. Attorney General, you're not helping us solve the murder problem in the city of Chicago by taking away these federal funds. And the superintendent says that your pursuit of undocumented immigrants has little or nothing to do with gun violence. Well, there you go. There you go. Because, you know, Chicago is a sanctuary city, I take it. And uh, it's a lawbreaker 
under the creepy ballerina, former ballerina, Rahm Emanuel. And by the way, if you ever look closely at Rahm Emanuel's hands, I don't mean like you're doing his nails. I mean when he's you know, waving his hands around. One of his middle fingers is missing in part. One of his middle fingers is missing in part. And I understand what happened was he was slicing meats at like a deli or something. This is at least what I'm told. And oops, he cut off part of one of his middle fingers. And then he put it on uh, two pieces of rye and sold it as pastrami. Lovin. Kaepernickel Pickle from playing football. The collusion. Are the Russians on? No, just collusion among the NFL owners. What's keeping him from playing football is he sucks. He sucks. That's it. Case closed. Now that I've been sleeping on my Casper mattress for some time, I pick it over every mattress I ever had. You know, it really helps me get the best night's sleep, period. Once you try Casper, you're going to love it too. Switching to a Casper is a no-brainer. It is a higher quality mattress at a more affordable price. I'm sleeping cool and comfortably every night, much better than on the old overpriced mattress I used to have. Casper ships right to your door for free in a small, how did they do that, sized box. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it and refund you everything, so there's no risk. From its breakthrough design and superior quality to its packaging to letting you try it for 100 nights. That's over three months. It's no wonder Casper was named one fast company's 50 most innovative brands of 2017. I just want you to think about this. Because Casper has really revolutionized this whole industry. You order that mattress, which is very well priced. You take your old mattress, you lean it up against the wall, or you put it in the basement, whatever. You sleep on the Casper. In the privacy of your own home. You don't sleep on a mattress or spend three seconds on a mattress in a strip mall and say, you know what, I think it's okay. You get to sleep on it for over three months and then decide if you want to keep it. And I, I know that the folks at Casper are so convinced that you'll keep it, they make this offer. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, the overwhelming vast majority of people didn't keep it, they'd be broke, wouldn't they, Casper? But here's what's going to happen. You're going to try it on your mattress, then if you have kids, you're going to get it for them, because you're going to love it. And then if you're like me, you have your beloved dog, they actually have a mattress for a dog. And my Barney loves it when he's not escaping his uh, his area. So I want to strongly encourage you to take a look at this. Put Casper to the test in your own home for 100 nights, risk-free. Go to Casper.com, use code MARK, and you'll get $75 off your purchase. That's Casper.com. you got to use the code MARK. Minimum purchase required. See site for details, terms, and conditions apply. That's Casper.com, code MARK. Well, okay, let's take a few more calls, shall we? Brett, Austin, Texas. On the Mark Levin app, how are you, sir? I'm very well, Mark. Thank you for taking the uh, taking the call. Yes, sir. Uh, get right to the point. Uh, first of all, I'm a big fan. I really love your show, and I really appreciate what you do. 
Uh, as a father, uh, my son is in the Navy. He does a, a very dangerous job in the Navy. Um, he's lost friends. And <clears throat> All right. Yep. Yeah, it's tough. I'm... Brett, well, I'll tell you what. We're going to take your number. Mr. Calls, we're going to take Brett's number. No, I'm, I'm good. Uh, you sure you're all right? But, all right, go. Yep. We've had this talk, Mark. And uh, I can tell you, these guys are not afraid of Valhalla. They're not afraid of Valhalla. They know where it's at, and and uh, they're they're brave. <laughs> yeah. All right, my friend. Listen, my best to your son. My best to your family. And God bless you, sir. Let's go to John Kennewick, Washington State, the great KFLD. Go right ahead, sir, please. Hi, uh, Mark. This, I'm a Gold Star father and. What the president did was very honorable. You know, I would have got the phone call from him. You know, you don't really think about those things when you lose your son or anything like that. But to turn it into a political thing, it just it wrenches my gut. Mm-hmm. It, uh, you know, these soldiers, they know, they know. My son knew what he was doing, and he knew the risk. I'll tell you what, don't don't hang up, John. I want you to tell us a little bit about your son when we come back, so please don't hang up. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. This is our three. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Last hour, we were talking to John from Kennewick, Washington State. Um, he's a Gold Star father, and unfortunately, we had to take a break. John, I wanted you to continue. Uh, tell us what you were saying. Uh, yeah, it's like <clears throat> they make it political, and uh, it, it shouldn't be that way. We're to remember what the sacrifices these men and women do for us, but to politicize this, it's just... And like I said earlier, I'd have been honored if the president would have called. And even if he did say he knew, because my son knew what he was getting into. Because we had long conversations with just before he joined. And I said, do you understand what you're doing? He goes, yes. And he goes, do you understand you can sacrifice yourself for our country? He goes, I know that. And if people would understand that, he says, and when you go in, I know the risk that I'm taking. You know what, what was your son's name? Robert Robert Wayne Ellis. He was a specialist. He was out of Fort Carson. Uh, he was a motor pool operator. He uh, transported materials from one base to another to out forwarding base. And what? He and was, how uh, old was he? He was 21. And what happened to him? He was killed on Bagram Air Base. He was, uh, it was, um, the base come under attack and he got hit by a, a rocket. Four of them got 
killed that night, and 20 of them were hurt during that. It was they were. It was an attack in the at the night at, at night. And how long ago was that? Uh, twenty thirteen, June eighteenth, twenty thirteen. Wow, not that long ago. No, no. But you know, it's like when my son's funeral. There was times where our state. I'm from Washington. Even the political people tried to get involved, and I said, no, this is not about any political issue. It's about my son, mm-hmm. the sacrifice he made for this country. Mm-hmm. What a remarkable young man. Yeah, he was. He was, you know, he's, he, had a, he had a head on his shoulder. He was a strong person. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other children? Yeah, I have a younger son. And he was about ready to join, too, and we asked him not to because, you know, we just... That's understandable. We we couldn't, we wouldn't be able to make it. Mm -hmm. But uh, to turn something like this into political and, you know, it's just, that's wrong. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, um, I want to thank you for having the courage to call. And I, I'm sorry your family had to sacrifice this way, <clears throat> and your son. Uh, but I know there are millions and millions of people listening who are enormously grateful, and thankful, and sympathize with what you're going through, John. Yeah. Thank so you God, for taking my call. You bet, and God bless you. <clears throat> tough, tough. Roger. A trucker in Florida on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Roger? I'm doing well, Mark. Thank you for taking my call, and I really enjoy listening to your show. Mark, the reason why I'm calling is uh, Dustin Michael Wright was one of the Special Forces Green Beret that was uh, that lost his life on the 4th of October this year, fighting in this year. And uh, this congresswoman being offended by what Donald Trump said, I, me as a veteran, my son, it was Dustin's best friend who is also in the Army, who has been serving for the last eight years. Dustin and him were supposed to go into the Army together. Unfortunately, things made it go two years apart. But Dustin, uh, being the person he was, his brother Will said it best, just same thing Donald Trump said, said Dustin knew exactly what he was doing when he went in this year and said he would do it again and would not trade places with a single one of his team members. And this past Sunday... They had Dustin's funeral, one of the most emotional things of my life, and his team leader pretty much said the same thing about Dustin, that he knew what he was doing, that he was willing to fight for and die for his country if need be, and that's exactly what Dustin did. And as a veteran, I knew that as well and find it very offensive that this woman would politicize this whole situation. Yeah, and and the president didn't say anything wrong. Apparently, in her second version of what she claims to have heard, he made your point. He said that, you know, he knew what he was signing up for, but it still hurts. Absolutely. Isn't that true? It hurts every one of us. Yes. It's a true statement, isn't it? I, I just, my thing is, it hurts my heart. This young man was like a son to me. He lived in our house for a while. And I have cried for two weeks, but me and my son both agreed. The only thing that angered us is that we were not standing by his side fighting with him as veterans. Veterans understand that feeling. 
People who haven't served may not, but those of us who have served, we're angry that we wasn't there with him. Mm-hmm. Well, Roger, I much appreciate your call, and I hope you'll give his family uh, our best here on the program, okay? I sure will, Mark. Thank you. All right, you take care. This is real America. You're real America. All right. Let's uh, go to Kimberly in Scottsdale, Arizona, Sirius Satellite. How are you? Hi. A little choked up after those callers. Yeah, God bless them yeah, and their sacrifice. Um, I actually had called in earlier to talk about the two articles you referenced um, from the U.K. Mm-hmm. about yep. the U.K. not ma- um, uh, making their health quality measures and, you know, failure to do this so, and then also mm-hmm. the rationing and the, surgery, the ban on surgery for people who are, quote, obese or smokers. Well, that's what, the effort. That's the effort yeah. underway. What a slippery slope. How does that judgment get made? Does it mm-hmm. every time the coffers go down and there's less money? Okay, well, you weren't obese last year, but we need to lower that threshold. Now you are. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really a scary thing. And yeah, it's arbitrary, people, isn't it? Very. And for all the people who scoffed when the detractors like myself of Obamacare forecasted rationing, you know, Daniel Hannon coming over from the U.K. saying, look out, we're what you will become. Here it is mm-hmm. right now. No, you're right. All right, Kimberly, I appreciate your call. All right, let's get this started before the program ends. This Roger Goodell, I'm no fan of this Roger Goodell. I think he's an absolute lightweight. He spent almost all his career in the executive offices of the National Football League. He was a lawyer there. Then he becomes commissioner almost by attrition. You know, this guy leaves, this guy retires, and there aren't many. And there's Roger. Let's, let's, let's insert him. And he's not a leader. He's not a statesman. He's got zero charisma. And the players in the player union walk all over the guy. And by the way, owners are like everybody else. There's some owners who are smart, some owners who are kind of dumb, some owners who are who are conservative, some owners who are liberal, some owners who uh, who respect the flag and the anthem, some who don't. It's just true. It's true. You got this guy Laurie with the Eagles. Google this guy's big left wing kook. Meanwhile, you got a guy like Dan Snyder who's a super patriot. There are other super patriots and there are other left wing kooks too. And you know, it works like anything else. They vote and the majority wins. So apparently there's a majority of left wing kooks. And so we're all dragged down by the lowest common denominator. Capper and nickel pickle. A man who is hateful, a man who's vindictive, and a man who's a lousy football player. He's in the wrong business. Then he hires this slip and fall lawyer, Mark Garrigos. They dragged him back from the water, uh, Whitewater days. So the league has decided, whomever that is, the league has decided that, you know what? We have an idea. We're going to institutionalize this social justice agenda. Because we really need to better understand what Kaepernickel and the rest of them happen to be saying. Like we don't already know. We, we really have to understand what it means to be unequal. We really have to understand what it means to uh, to deal with lousy cops. You know, on and on and on. The usual left-wing agenda. 
So the NFL has decided to embrace the left-wing agenda. It's it's maddening. It's 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 sad. It's anything you want to say to it. The NFL has an answer. We're going to embrace the left-wing agenda. The union's left-wing. Most of the players are left-wing. So we'll be left-wing. Now, most of the audience isn't. Those who watch football, as I said before, those who watch football, it's not Antifa. You know, it's not uh, the ACLU. It's not George Soros and the boys. No, no. It's regular people, normal people. That's right, I said it. Patriotic Americans who love this country. And they'll be damned if they're going to spend money, go in the stands, and watch these millionaires. And I'll say it, many of them are frauds, uh, frauds and phonies. Take a knee. Well, maybe they served in the military, or they know somebody who served in the military. Or their father served in the military, whatever. Whatever. The NFL used to be proud of its association with the military. The color guard... The flyovers with the Jets, uh, the uh, the broadcast, the video cast from, uh, from Afghanistan and Iraq and so forth. I guess it was all phony. Because those of us who endorsed that, applauded that, celebrated that, are disgusted. Disgusted. <clears throat> so here's the, uh, the late, great Roger Goodell in New York today. Cut 14, go. Well, I think one of the things we need to, to keep a focus on is, again, we believe that our players should stand for the national anthem. That's an important part of our, our game and our moments, and we believe in that. Uh, I think we also have to keep focus on this. We have about six or seven players that are involved with this protest at this point. No, you don't. I guess math is not really his, his big area. Six or seven players, that's on one team, the 49ers. There's many more than that. Now, some of the teams really, I'm, I have to say, again, I'm in Virginia, so the team I, I watch here, the, the Redskins. I don't think any Redskins have been taking any knees. Have they, Mr. Producer? I haven't seen any. I mean, I haven't been at the games, but when I when I look, I haven't seen any. I haven't heard about any. Go ahead. And this is something that what we've tried to do is deal with the underlying issue. And understand what it yeah, well, is. What underlying issue? Don't you understand? You're playing football. There are no underlying issues. There are no underlying issues. What are the underlying issues? That the police suck? Is that the underlying issue? Go ahead. Testing and try to address that matter. And so let me finish if you can. So the important thing for Why don't us. You speak up like a man. Like a man. The important thing. Speak up! Go ahead. We would do that and take that opportunity to make real differences in our community. And that is What is really... our community? Where does this guy live? This guy live in Newark? Does he live in Camden? Where does this guy live? He, in our community. What community is he talking about? The football players? That's a community? No, they're employees. You. That's the problem. Not a community. They're employees. You're the employer. Go ahead. Ultimately be the important aspect for us long term, because this is a long term issue. We need to make sure we do that in the right way. I have no idea what he's mumbling about. Do any of you? We want them to stand for the national anthem. Well, that's that's wonderful. Cut 
15 go. Well, we believe doing the right thing is what you ultimately have to do. And I think listening to our players, understanding our players. Notice no word about listening to the fans. No word about what the fans want. The whole reason for football is the fans. Some of these stadiums have been subsidized by the fans. Some of these teams have been subsidized by government. It's about the fans. It would be like me coming on the radio and saying, you know, I need to know what my community thinks. I need to know all the general managers and program directors. And, of course, we want to know what they think. But if they're all taking a knee, i got to side with them against the audience. Now, you can't do that. You can't do that. It's ridiculous. Go ahead. Uh, address those underlying issues and making our communities More better. More underlying the- issues. That America sucks. That's the underlying issue. America sucks. But we don't want to say America sucks because we actually support the military. It's the cops we don't like. We support the national anthem and the flag, even though we're disrespecting them in the eyes of millions and millions of people. Why can't people just understand that we're victims? Go ahead. And that long term is going to benefit us. And so that's what our focus is, and that's how we're going to deal with it. What about that split, though? That split between the, that, between the parties, the political... I don't think that surprises anybody. What we're trying to do is stay out of politics. That's not... That's not we're not, we're not looking well, to get into... Well, you're doing a fine politics. job of it, pal. Fine job. And honestly, I don't know what the deal is with you. I don't know what the contract is with you. But if I were a billionaire and I owned a team and you failed to get on top of this when you should have gotten on top of it immediately, I'd fire your ass. Yes, I would. And I'd take a knee, too. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. One more, Roger Goodell. New York today clears everything up. Cut 16, go. Do you understand what they're protesting, and can you mm-hmm. explain your understanding of that? Yes, they're very clear about it, and they're actually uh, incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, articulate, and they've spent the time to go into the communities and talk about that. And so they really, truly understand it. They're talking about criminal justice reform, whether it's bail reform, whether it's talking about um, sentencing. What in the hell does this have to do with football? What the hell does this have to do with football? Absolutely nothing. Are any of the players talking about securing the border? Are any of the players talking about our Second Amendment rights? Are any of the players concerned about how Barack Obama violated the Constitution with DACA? I mean, they're extremely knowledgeable and articulate. I'm just curious. Are any of them concerned about any of that? No, it's a hardcore left-wing agenda. And now the NFL, through this moron, this so-called commissioner, has embraced it. Go ahead. Uh, they're talking about changes that I think will make our communities better, that are, there is bipartisan support for across our nation, and that need focus. They're talking about... There's a Yiddish word for this guy. He's call, it's called a nebish. This guy is a nebish. Go look it up. It's bipartisan support for all this. Well, you got three Republicans supporting it, and mostly Democrats. It's embarrassing. What's this guy make a year? They keep talking about their community. 
their community. What is their community? You got the players, they have a union. You got the owners. What's the community? Of course, the uh, the fans are left out of this community. I don't know how that happened. What about our issues? What about our communities? What about what we believe? I'll be right back. Conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, I want to circle back to Trump and this nutjob congresswoman, this leftist with the cowboy hat, who's constantly trying to impeach him, who somehow was in the automobile when the president was calling the widow, and it was put on speaker. Fine. Can anybody tell me what this nutjob left-wing congresswoman has ever done for the military? When she's ever defended the military? How about the prior president? You look at Trump, he hires generals. You may agree with it, you may disagree with it. Does that sound like somebody who has contempt for the military? Does that sound like somebody who's going to make go out of his way, make a call like other presidents have not, to a widow and mock her husband? Does that sound like something that's even close to possible? It's certainly not rational, and he wouldn't do it. This is a president, a commander-in-chief, who trusts his military. He unleashed the military on ISIS, and ISIS is being defeated, unlike under the prior president. Unlike under the prior president. I mean, this is a, a ludicrous allegation by a moron. That's right, I said it. She's a moron. A left-wing kook, like so many left-wing kooks. Morons. Yeah, what has she done for the United States military? Ever. Ever. She's so concerned. Just about a year ago, I made a major announcement to you right here telling you about the upcoming launch of Conservative Review TV, CRTV. Well, since then, CRTV has grown beyond our expectations. We've added a tremendous amount of programming options to provide you with a strong, independent, pro-American television platform. Today, I have another major announcement, and this one's big. On October 30th, listen to this, CRTV is launching a brand new show starring Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty called In the Woods with Phil. Now, I don't need to tell you what a great guy Phil is. He's a true patriot wholeheartedly believes in the Constitution, always takes a strong stand for his values. And he makes no apologies about it. This show will capture the best of Phil and include a fascinating mix of politics, outdoors, the Robertson family, and much more. And in addition to Phil Robertson, we've got this great Steve Crowder, we've got the great Michelle Malkin, and of course there's Levin TV. And I hope you're enjoying Levin TV. I think we're like on our 350th episode which is really quite remarkable. Maybe more, maybe maybe one less. I'm not sure. But the Phil Robertson show is going to be a real beaut. Go to CRTV.com slash ducks right now to watch the must-see trailer. CRTV.com slash ducks. Check out the trailer, and you can pre-order In the Woods with Phil, and you'll also receive an amazing discount. You want to check that out, too. That's CRTV.com slash ducks. Okay, so... 
when you sign up with the network for an entire year, you get all the shows. All the shows. So I would encourage you to do that now because you'll get a special discount given the fact that we're launching the uh, the Robertson show on October 30th. It, it really is uh, worth the value. I mean, uh, I can just speak for Levin TV. We, we not only put a lot of work into it, we have a lot of fun. And I think the outcome, the product, uh, demonstrates it. And it's very different than radio. Radio is very different than TV. You know, there's certain things you do on radio that you can't do on TV and vice versa. But we try to maximize the digital television format. And we have many, many ways for you to watch CRTV and Levin TV. Many, many ways. You know, I'm old enough to remember Dick Tracy and, the, you know, the, uh, the televisions and the watch and the comic books and so forth. Let me tell you, you can watch Levin TV on your handheld device. On your iPhone, as an example. It's really quite incredible. You can also watch it on your big TV screen through Roku, and we'll tell you how to do that. And we have the best customer service anywhere, and they'll help you with anything. You can call 800, what the hell is the number? Levin TV. 844-LEVIN-TV. 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 And I should have told you that earlier. 844-LEVIN-TV, and you can sign up as well. I didn't know Mr. Goodell earned around $35 million a year. A year? Around $35 million a year? And I have an article here from February 2016. And he was paid up to that point $174 million by the league in seven seasons. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, he's going to lead the effort for the NFL to talk about social justice and inequality in his community. In his community. This thing is such a fraud. This whole propaganda effort. And we're supposed to just play along. Play along. Not playing along. It's repulsive. It's unconscionable. Play along. Now all of a sudden we have to buy into the left-wing kook agenda. The cops are bad and too many criminals are in prison and uh, what else? I can't remember everything. The agenda gets longer and longer and longer. It's the Democrat Party agenda. It is the progressive left agenda. And now the NFL has embraced it. I hope you got to see my little Facebook post and Twitter post that we post simultaneously that I put up there today. And it was picked up by our buddy Paul Bedard over at the Washington Examiner as well as uh, Conservative Review. And uh, it has an enormous number of people who've been looking at it and sharing it. Did you notice that, Mr. Producer? Rather significant. And I'm working like hell to try and get to it so I can read it to you. Hold on a second. Mark Levin Show Facebook. Oh, I know where that is. Uh, Rich, can you sing some show tunes while I find this thing, please? Tell everybody how you can sing. Actually, he can't. It's grotesque. All right, here we are. Boy, I've posted a lot. I've posted a lot. Come on now. I'm sorry, folks. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe I'll just have to pass it. Rich, you can look for it. What's that? He said, look at your email. Okay, here we go. 
I'm looking at my email. Damn, email won't work. Oh, there it is. I want to read this to you briefly. And now that I've spent two minutes talking about it, it's only 98 words. Just think. In the last few weeks, the left has ruined the NFL, late-night TV, and the Boy Scouts. In the last few years, they've severely damaged campus-free speech and academic freedom, the private health care market, military readiness, and and local law enforcement. Their judges have seized control over immigration, aspects of national security, and marriage. Meanwhile, the left is increasingly violent, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, etc., and the media are increasingly brazen in their leftist propagandizing and cheerleading. Seems to me the rest of us should be taking a knee to protest this insanity. If you like that, you might want to share it. It's up there on Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. I just tried to sum it up in less than 100 words. Uh, and I hope I did. Let's take a call. Jimmy, Maybank, Texas, the great WBAP. Go! Hey, Mark. First of all, I just want to say I commute an hour and 45 minutes every day. The only reason my wife talked me into it is because I get to listen to you for an hour and 45 minutes. Wow. You're very kind. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, what I want to say is I I enjoyed so much when whenever we do the national anthem during the NFL games, when these children come out, when they're waving that flag, I am standing in my living room with my right hand over my heart. Yeah, yeah. The first time my wife saw me do that, she looked at me like I was crazy. She saw mm-hmm. tears coming down my eyes, and she does it with me. And now they won't show the national anthem, mm-hmm. and it breaks my heart what is going on. I cannot believe that the, that the NFL now has decided to not even show the national anthem. And then I understand, fine, they've got grievances. They have issues. Maybe these issues are true. I'm sure a lot of them probably are. But this platform choosing to do it while our, while our veterans are at home watching games, I'm not a veteran. I love our flag. I cry during the national anthem. When I'm at games, tears roll down my eyes because I love my country so much and I appreciate what our veterans have done for our country, all the sacrifices that have been made, and it breaks my heart what is going on. And let me just say, you're right, and they're disrespecting the vets. They're disrespecting active duty. They're disrespecting those of us who love this country. They've been told this over and over again, and the answer is a very selfish uh, immature answer, which is we have a right to say what we want, and we don't mean to attack the flag. We don't mean to attack the national anthem. Well, you are, because you chose to do it on this occasion, in this way, in that place, and in that time. That's what you've chose to do. For uh, 60 seconds, or whatever the time frame is, that's what you've done in order to piss us off. And you've succeeded. And now, as a bunch of cowards, that's right, they're cowards. Now, as a bunch of cowards... Uh, they say, oh, it's about social justice. All of a sudden, the NFL is for social justice, which means a hardcore left-wing agenda. I'm for liberty. I'm for the civil society. I'm for property rights. I'm for family. I'm for faith. Social justice is just another way of saying socialism. 
Thank you for your call, Jimmy. I appreciate it. Russell, Allen, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, how are you doing, Mark? It's just such a pleasure to talk to you. I've called before, but, man, I've listened to you since the, since the first day you were on the air, and uh, I appreciate you so much for being a patriot. And I just wanted to tell your call screener, I just want to tell you that I was in the 82nd Airborne Division uh, during the Persian Gulf War, uh, the first one, and uh, I knew a lot of Green Berets. I knew a lot of former Green Berets, and four Green Berets died in, 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 in Niger. And... Uh, those are the proudest men I've ever met. If people don't know, your audience doesn't know, it takes a year to become a Green Beret. It's a called Q course, and it is a grueling, grueling course. And they don't sign up for it because they want to be in a conga line somewhere. They sign up for it because they're a patriot and because they are, love their country. That's why they sign up for it. They know exactly what they're signing up for, and they, they do it because they love this country. And uh, for this woman to, to do what she did, our great, uh, our president, I don't agree with everything he does, but I agree with him on the military, and I agree with the fact that he loves the military and he loves the American people. And for this woman to do this is absolutely appalling. Absolutely. And she doesn't love the military. She hasn't done a damn thing to help the military. She's a leftist. Uh, she's a social justice warrior, just like the football players in the NFL. Russell, thank you for your service, my friend. Much appreciated. And we'll be right back. Much lovin'. There's really no other sport in which this kneeling is taking place. Now, you got a big mouth, this LeBron, uh, uh, and he, he doesn't, you know, he's jumping in. He, he wants to be seen as, uh, you know, really a, uh, a, a leader in this uh, left-wing activist uh, uh, America Sucks movement. But LeBron James is hated by half of his own teammates and most of the people who coach him. And he's jealous as hell of Michael Jordan. Has put down Michael Jordan in the past. Oh, he doesn't talk. He's quiet. Maybe you ought to shut up a little bit yourself, pal. You have it so tough. People in this country, they work hard for what they have. Well, you work hard. To, you're playing basketball. You're playing basketball. There's not another place on the face of the earth where you'd be worth half a billion dollars playing basketball. Not another one. Have you thought about that, LeBron? No, of course not. And racist America. It's incredible. In need of great talent for your business, but short on time, you don't have to get lost in a huge stack of resumes to find your perfect hire, you know. You just need the right tools, smarter tools. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. So you can rest easy knowing your job is being seen by the right candidates. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting, so you receive the best possible matches. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site just one day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all size and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, my listeners, you, you can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Here's what you do. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-E-V-I-N. 
One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Levin. Well, let's continue. Let us go to um, Stefan, Sacramento, California, the great KSFO. Go. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. God bless these United States. Anyway, um, Mark, I'm, I'm yes. concerned, and I want to ask, mm-hmm. um, you know, if it comes to be that Mueller's integrity is compromised with not allowing Congress to know about Uranium One and other information about it, then what is it going to take for Sessions to get rid of Mueller or Rosenstein, knowing that he could have been compromised, as, as well as Rosenstein as it w- well? It would have to be com- Rosenstein. It would have to be Rosenstein. Sessions is recused. Well, Rosenstein should fire him. Or the Congress should should cut off the budget to the special counsel. There's only so many ways we can dress this under our system, because let me tell you a little secret. There really is no place, technically, for a special counsel or an independent counsel in our system. That's not to say one cannot be appointed, but the difficulty in doing something like this is that they're unaccountable. Now, I've called for a special counsel and independent counsel in the past when, in fact, you have an administration like the Obama administration and an attorney general like Eric Holder or Loretta Lynch who are compromised to their ideology. But there's no evidence here that that's the case. All right, Stefan, I appreciate your call. Let's continue. Greg, Pensacola, Florida, Sirius Satellite, go. Yeah, I... uh... I was a military pilot for 21 years, half as a Navy pilot, half as an Air Force uh, B-1 pilot. I'd like to see the president suspend all future flyovers to NFL events. It, it might seem like a small gesture, but uh, I think that it, would, uh, it could have a significant impact. It's not a small feat for us to do that, but uh, I think that if they want to disrespect the flag and the veterans and what the flag uh, stands for, I believe that they have, uh, they have uh, lost their privilege. Uh, to uh, to have military flyovers, and I would like to see Donald Trump suspend any future ones for the NFL. First of all, thank you for your service. Let me ask you this, Greg. Even more, what if he said no color guard, no flyovers, no nothing? You want to politi- politicize this stuff? I'm pulling the military out of this. I think it would be a bold move, and it would just let them and, know. And by the way, what would it do to the NFL? It would kill it. I think it would kill it. Be like the Jimmy Kimmel Show, where he only wants liberals. Greg, thank you for your service, my friend. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Thank you, my beloved audience, you Levinites. Check out Levin TV tonight in two minutes, and I'll see you on the radio tomorrow. God bless each and every one of you.